Hey there, it's Jake Man from Davis the Jake Man. Tap the button to go to the podcast. Yeah. Hey. happens every time what episode is this <laughs> do we even have numbers anymore okay so hello and welcome to episode 15 of davis and the jake man a sporadically uploaded podcast hosted by two certified computer technicians in this edition of the podcast we'll be discussing davis's tech news from march 20th to april 10th welcome back davis good to be back Alrighty, so we'll start off the tech news so first up facebook scraped called text message data for years from android phones I mean, people are all up in arms about this, but it's just, it's its really been blown out of proportion because it was in the terms and conditions, and you know, Facebook, we've, we've known for years, we're, we are the product. Yeah, it's just one of those things where even though it was in the terms and conditions, you know, folks will consent to being part of the human sent iPad and not realize it, so just because they agreed to it and just because it's therefore technically lawful, doesn't make it right. And then this comes back to, you know, a recurring theme on the podcast where it's like uh, the open nature of Android, you know, makes it more susceptible to these kinds of things. So that's some, some food some food for thought. Facebook for iPhone just wouldn't have the permissions to do this kind of tracking, whether you consented or, or not, just because, you know, third-party apps don't get access to, to the full stack things are more sandboxed yeah um the thing that's particularly worrying here is that they collected phone call metadata which included names phone numbers the lengths of each call made or received i mean that's fairly detailed information but yeah i mean it's it's facebook we really shouldn't be surprised by this at that point they're trying to play it off as it's just it's nothing more than them uploading your contacts list to try and match friends Right. For people who may have signed up for Facebook using those phone numbers that you're calling mm-hmm. and are being called by. But, right. you know, there's more to it than that, obviously. They're selling this data to advertisers. They're using it to create a uh, profile of you. Not just your like, actual profile, but like, you know, this you know this guy's in his mid-20s and he likes, you know, soccer. And, you know, and then so then they can tell the advertisers what you like and dislike and who, who you're calling and where. And he calls people in. Argentina and, you know, Mexico. So then they might be able to target a specific product at you because they know that not only do you like soccer, which is shows it on your page, but you're making these calls to people in South American countries, which they wouldn't know by looking at your page. But if the data from your calls is scraped, then then they can more fully target this. But yeah, so I mean, just because we, we suspect Facebook is doing this all along, it doesn't make it right. And I'm glad that people like Aristocunia are holding their feet to the fire somewhat. Now, apparently they have already stopped this practice, or at least they've uh, pulled back on it before this was even brought to light, so that's a good sign. That, like, they had some self-awareness to reel themselves in somewhat. Because if it was, they, they were doing this in full force, and then, you know, this came to light, and then they stopped doing it, then it would be too little too late, but because they've already taken measures to reduce the amount of tracking they do on you, it's still bad, but it's just, it, it looks as though they realize the error of their ways, at least from a PR standpoint. They don't probably don't think it's wrong on a 
moral level, but they know we'll think it's wrong. Right. All right, next up, game developers look to unions to fix the industry's exploitative workplace culture. Yeah, I mean, this is... This is pretty important for the video game industry because there's a lot of unfair practices. There's, you know, unpaid overtime. There's a lot of just crazy... Um, there's a lot of crazy workplace problems. Um, overworked employees. Um, and then isn't the turnover rate very high? Won't they, like, just get you to do the work they need and then ax you? Exactly. So, like, I mean, you go to school to learn these specialized uh, skills, and then you're just used and discarded by these corporations. And then you, you're just you're just one guy trying to make a living make, making games. But if you had other like-minded individuals with similar talents, you guys could collectively bargain for, you know, more uh, workplace protections. Right. Um, I mean, the video game industry has been very toxic ever since the very beginning. But, I mean, it's, it's great that we're finally getting some kind of um, labor organizing because um, it's just... It's, it's a huge industry now. I mean... We can hardly, I mean, I can hardly go a couple days without talking to somebody about video games, whether it's a game on the phone, a game at home, you know, it's just, there's there's games everywhere now. Yeah, they got, the, they got these new things called arcades, where you go in and you put a quarter in there, and then you play some weird, it's like a movie, but it's interactive, I don't really get it. Yeah, but you know, there's just there's just so much money in the industry too. You've got AAA titles coming out soon. You've got um, huge events. You've got packs. You've got E3. You've got all these game developer conferences now. Not to mention the competitive gaming scene. You know, whole other industries have formed around the core gaming industry itself. Right. League of Legends, Overwatch, Starcraft. There's more and more competitive games. Um, Fortnite, uh, PUBG are very popular right now. And then there are things like uh, YouTube channels and Twitch streams where people will will make a living off of having people watch them play the games, not necessarily competitively. Right. So it's just for for game design and game programming to be recognized as a toxic workplace and for, you know, real efforts to change it to start is just... Is just great. I mean, that's actually one of the things that kind of um, turned me off video games design. I had actually wanted to go to college for that originally, but you know, um, low, low, uh, low hire rates, high turnover, things like that made the industry very risky. All right, let's see. Next up, new web security standard promises safer, faster browsing. But yeah, uh, Transport Layer Security is getting version 1.3, um, which shrinks the window of opportunity for intruders and prevents them from recycling code. Um, TLS involves a handshake between your computer and the server. It reduces the amount of unprotected data for both sides. And then it's saying here that it isn't backwards compatible with older forms of encryption. Right. And that, no, that's not the TLS standard itself. It's just the method that they are using to encrypt the, the, right. the data. And those older methods are inherently less secure. Right. So by not allowing those to be used, it makes the data more highly protected. Right. Because before there was actually what may or may not be called a downgrade attack. 
where where a browser would say it doesn't support the new version, please use the old one, which was broken. Um, there may be a better term for it. I'm I'm really out of the game these days. Oh, but this is this is fake news because the last sentence says that this won't put an end to online threats. No, it's only <laughs> it's only it's only another step. I mean, it's it's an arms race. It always will be. Not necessarily. Not if we all go back to reading the newspaper, and you know, doing our banking in in person. Yeah, and we'll use actual alarm clocks and talking on the phone, just the phone phone. All right, so next up, business. The, <laughs> the music business has, has its second year of growth uh, thanks to music streaming services. I mean, this this is good news. I mean, you know, piracy and all that. But um, it's it's good that, um, that the music business is actually starting to come up because it's been slowly declining for the last two decades. I mean, services like iTunes, um, well, I was about to say Zune, but... <laughs> salt. <laughs> All the salt. But, I mean, thanks to streaming services, I mean, some of the revenue is going back to the artists now. I mean, you can still find pretty much any song you want to see on YouTube, you know, unofficially, but it's just... It's, it's important because, you know, music is... Music is important. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the articles you shared that I, you know, took the time to read through, and I kind of feel like Recode has buried the lead here somewhat. They mentioned in passing that these streaming services still aren't profitable, and, like, isn't that the most important factor for the services themselves? I mean, of course, it's good for the music industry that they're turning a profit, but, like, if Spotify, for example, and Pandora, say, um, are unsustainable in the long term, um, you know, they're going to close shop eventually. You know, they've been taking out loans, borrowing, investing, and betting on their future success that eventually they will make the model profitable. But Pandora's been around since I was in, like, junior high, and it still doesn't make any money. So, like, what's the point of it? Yeah, I mean, a lot of these services do have to think of alternative income streams. Um, ads are a big one. I use... I, I switch between Spotify and Pandora. I don't have a subscription to either because I'm poor. You are part of the problem. Right, but you know what? They shove enough ads down my ears that I, I don't feel bad. <laughs> now, how much does it cost to buy an iPhone? Because I wonder if you and I could purchase an ad possibly. Because Spotify supports podcasts now. Oh, really? Yeah. So so that's that's yeah. another possible income stream for them. I mean, what I actually would like to see from from Spotify and Pandora is sort of the Netflix route where they start producing their own content, their own exclusive content, because that might be a way for them to both generate revenue and generate new users. Well, um, that's been happening to a certain extent, uh, more with Apple Music than anything else. And... Um, jay-z's one called title yeah it's title i was on the yeah. tip of my tongue it's spelled like a, a title wave though not t-i-t-l-e t-i-d-a-l right but um i thought that it flopped but i'm not too familiar with it no it's actually around still there was a lot of hate for it when it first came out because was the drm or no the, the problem was the actually the advertising for it was just um a bunch of very financially successful rappers just being arrogant um and people thought it was in poor taste 
but you know they offered enough differentiating factors to be viable in that they offer high res streaming and the exclusive what you're just saying about the exclusivity with netflix and amazon um title has a few rappers or hip-hop artists who exclusively will stream their uh, music on title or at least there'll be a, a window where it's exclusive and then apple music and spotify pandora will get it after the first month or two right no, it's good to see that somebody has thought of it, and I, I'd like to see the other the other labels and other companies kind of pick up on these ideas. Spotify is set to go public next month, so... Yeah, there's been talk about them doing it for a while. It's interesting that they're now choosing to pull the, the trigger. Yeah. I mean, this is probably a good time for them. Just, I mean, PR is good. Um, you know, there's been no huge scandals. It's not like a, you know, Facebook gate or... <laughs> Whatever we're calling it now. Spotify is selling your SMSs to Drake, okay? <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> I'm glad that, that Davis has been holding their feet to the fire because this needs to be talked about. <laughs> it's it's good thing. You know, I, I hope that, you know, maybe what, if they're profitable again, we'll hear less of this stuff. Yeah, because it's almost like, I mean... We all have a vested interest in the music industry to a certain extent just because we all listen to music. But, like, if the music industry as we know it were to collapse or shrink massively, you know, something would come in to fill the void. People love listening to, to music of all ages, you know, races, you know, men and women. Yeah. Everybody likes music. It's just it's something that unifies mankind is our love of music. Right. I think that if, you know, if a lot of these big record labels went under... I think that a, what would pick up the slack is most likely YouTube. If you go on YouTube, you know, there's a whole music section. There's so many, you know, covers of songs. There's so many original content. It's just, I mean, there's, there's enough variety in YouTube that I think it would become a powerhouse. I mean, there's even podcasts there. YouTube.com slash Davis and the Jake Man. Uh, <laughs> you can find songs from, like... The very early 1990, well, much earlier than the 1900s, I'm sure. All right, so the next thing you've got here is the fellas at the freaking FDA announced first ever recall of a medical device due to cyber risk. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is important because, I mean, medical devices can be hacked. It's been proven several times over the years. I mean, critical devices like heart monitors... You know, it's just, it's, it's scary having, you know, having the thought that somebody could shut down your heart from, you know, from one of these various countries. It just makes me think that, I mean, some, I mean, the internet of things has gone way too far, you know, yeah. it's just some things don't need to be connected via Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or what have you. Right. They need to be standalone airplane mode, offline devices just for security's sake. There needs to be proper testing, first of all. And second of all, there needs to be just better security to begin with. I mean, we're, we're getting to the point where your heart monitor might be part of a botnet. You or, know, it's, uh, I'm always coming up the street, but my, my birthday is right around the corner. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, if you want to get me started with my own heart rate monitor pacemaker botnet, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm asking for that because that would be unlawful. But I'm, I'm not not asking for it. <laughs> okay, so it's saying here that um, 
between two-fifths and half of the medical devices made uh, even follow all of the guidance from the FDA regarding the cyber security of their devices, which is alarmingly low. Honestly, if it's less than 100, that's a problem. And it's not just, you know, heart monitors. There's, you know, there's medical devices for, um, let's see, insulin monitoring for diabetics. Um, there's things such as voice boxes. Oh, yeah. You, you, you know, with these guys that sound like this, if, if they get hacked, they could sound like this. Oh, oh. You know, who, <laughs> knows, cigarettes. Oh. who knows, who knows what, what could happen? Yeah. I mean, I'd hate for somebody to use that to mine cryptocurrency and just have my throat burn. I mean, you know? if you don't, if, if 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 you just stop smoking cigarettes, you wouldn't have that concern, Davis. But you know, enough of talk of this, or I won't buy you cigarettes any longer. <laughs> this is like that ghost in the shell type stuff, yeah. where it's like everybody is augmenting their bodies with devices, and because they're internet connected, you know, the risk exists that they'll be hacked. Right. We we don't need a laughing man incident, but I mean, it's this is a public health problem. You know, it's just baffling how little regulation there is right now. And, you know, just the fact that companies don't follow the regulation, there aren't enough punishments. Yeah, I mean, it. it's like a guidance was the wording, which makes it sound like optional, which right. is not acceptable, frankly. I mean, if it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you want to let the private sector do its thing and innovate and so forth, but there are basic protections that need to be in, in place. And that should be, there should be strict consequences for not following those guidelines. Yeah, I mean, come on, where where's the security on this? Where are the default passwords? Where's the TLS 1.3? Uh, ACLU urges cities to build public broadband to support, sorry, to protect rather net neutrality. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, the FCC um, had pretty much banned net neutrality laws from coming into practice because um, they're using an authority uh, to preempt any net neutrality laws, which I don't think they can actually do. Um, I don't think they've gotten any authority to preempt um, the cities from passing their own broadband laws. You know, things like speed, service areas. And it's, you know, it's really a case of these FCC fellows talking out of both sides of their mouth because the reason they didn't want to enforce net neutrality was because they said it overstepped their mandate and they, they didn't have the authority to enforce those laws. So then you know, six, six months ago, they're saying, oh, we don't have enough power. You know, this body does not have enough power to enforce these laws, so we're not going to enforce them. Right. And then they're taking more power just a short while later. And it's like those two things can't, those two arguments can't exist side by side. Either you do have the authority or you don't. Right. So on a lighter note, or not particularly, actually, I saw Snapchat and I figured, oh, this is like light fluff. No, it's Snapchat's building the same kind of data sharing API that just got Facebook into trouble. So the same stuff we're talking about here with the SMS. And you know what? Snapchat is the Facebook of this generation now. Because Facebook's had so many problems. And because Facebook finally caught up with old people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you and I being millennials or from Generation Y, we're kind of used to Facebook and, you know, at one point in my space. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, let's, you know, let's not talk. Yeah, but today's use, these Gen Z kids, mm -hmm. you know, who grew up with I iPads, 
um, you know, they're 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 not really a- adopting Facebook. So instead, they're going to Snapchat because their parents aren't on it. <laughs> as soon as people over the age of forty learn how to use Snapchat, there's going to be a new social media to take the place of Snapchat. Yeah, maybe it'll be Google Plus. Maybe, and if that is the case, plus.google.com slash plus Davis and the Jake Man. <laughs> I mean, they're not evil, just corrupt. No, I, I, I think they're evil and corrupt, but not incompetent. That's the thing. It's, you know, I, you know they, they, they know what they're doing. They wouldn't have been able to get this far if they did not. So, you know, to, to say that, you know, you see these stories where it's like, Facebook tricked us all. And then next week it's like, Facebook is so stupid. They got hacked by Russia. It's like, you know. All right. So moving on. SpaceX gains official approval to launch high-speed satellite internet service. And you know what? All I'm going to say is it's about time because high-speed internet service is probably going to be the next big thing for a lot of companies like Google. You remember their Project Loon? Oh, yeah. And then that got shut down? Yeah. Oh, no. That was the Facebook one. Facebook did the same thing as Project Loon, but they only let you access Facebook. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) See? Evil, not incompetent. (laughs) So, yeah. I think Project Loon is still around. But, I mean, for for approval for this, it, it's very important because, you know what, space right now, and especially the our atmosphere, is filled with all kinds of junk. We've already got so many satellites up there. We've got all kinds of debris up there crashing into each other. I mean, it takes, you know, like supercomputers to try and, you know figure a path that isn't going to crash into like every other thing that's already up there so you're saying i couldn't use my email server i made out of a used raspberry pi 2 to plot the trajectory it would take a long time all right so and and you'd probably be off by like a few decimals all right so so if i start now i'll get back to you by episode 17 (laughs) the shake man What was I saying here? Oh, yeah, the the issue of the permission brings up an interesting point about, like, the way international law works. Like, the United States claims it owns all the space above the United States forever. But so what? It owns, like, that the universe? Because, like, and think about it. The world rotates and revolves. We don't have the same space today above us that we will five minutes from now or five years from now. Right. So it's like, you know, con- things... Things uh, orbiting around the Earth constantly fall out of the jurisdiction from from Russia to us, from us to the UK, and so on. Yeah, I mean, the US might own Mars for like 10 minutes a day or something. Dibs. <laughs> we sent things to Mars, and they've gotten there, but it's just like, we're trying to send more stuff and like more important stuff. Send nudes. <laughs> <laughs> Boobs or it didn't happen, Mars, okay? <laughs> Gotta keep our priorities in order here. um yeah so i mean it's it's one of those things where it won't pay off in the short term but hopefully like 10 years from now we're gonna have like 8g from planet neptune and it's gonna be sick but yeah the sinclair horror show is the result of decades of failing to take media consolidation worries seriously now just just pause for a second here explain to me how this is tech news (laughs) because motherboard wrote it (laughs) that's pretty much it but I mean, it 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 is a concern. It's it's not just in you know the big media that's happening. It's happened a lot in smaller in smaller outlets. 
I know used to have uh, JakeMan.com and Davis.com. Now they consolidated into this conglomerate known as Davis and the Jake Man. <laughs> All right, so let me just talk about the actual article for a bit. Sinclair's planned $3.9 billion acquisition of Tribune would give it ownership of more than 230 broadcast stations, reaching 72% of the American public. That is a crazy high number. Um, you know, and it's just when you control something like that, you start to be able to influence people, you start to be able to control people. Um, and it's important for the internet too because all of, a lot of these broadcast stations also have online faces you know they've all got their own facebook pages they probably upload to youtube they probably have viewers on youtube well i mean a lot of these um traditional news stations have an online presence but it, except for the most massive ones like you know fox news msnbc and so forth like even in spite of their online presence being mostly irrelevant i mean the consolidation does does give them an enough influence at, le at least in terms of you know traditional media right i mean the problem is this particular broadcaster has a history of hyperbole and sensationalism you know they're you know they're fake news i'm sorry fake news i can't i can't do the voice today but um you're fired davis the impersonation was the worst I think the arguments that are effective in the FCC argument, that neutrality argument, don't necessarily cross over as well into traditional old school media because um, I think TV first and foremost is viewed as a source of entertainment and leisure, whereas the internet, you know, it is a more vital resource. Like if, you know, would people's lives be worsened more severely if tomorrow TV were to go away or if the internet were to go away. I would argue that it would be the internet by a large margin. So having control over television isn't necessarily as uh, concerning as having control over the internet and having an unfair advantage in the online space versus the tr traditional space. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's still concerning, don't get me wrong, I just the stakes aren't as high because people these days are more dependent on the web than they are on what's on the old school news. All right, so next up, citing don't be evil motto, 3,000 plus Google employees demand company and work on Pentagon drone project. This isn't the, those dog things, right? They already sold off those dog things, the Boston something or other? I think so. Yeah. Now these are just, um, let's see, this involves Project Maven, which was being used to uh, develop drone technology. So, but yeah, the project workers argue runs counter to the company's stated mission and motto, which is, I guess, don't be evil. But then why do they track everybody on the Android phones if they don't want to be evil? They want to offer you better services and tailored advice. Well, don't they want to offer more tailored and better services to the Pentagon? <laughs> well, I mean, in particular, drones right now are a hot topic just because they, you know, unmanned war machines you know are are, are are a huge ethical issue right now too google is going to have to decide whether to keep this project or to you know politely cut it off with the government because i mean it's it's raising a bunch of it's if they're developing drone technology for the government it's almost a given that it's going to be used in some sort of 
warfare, either you know just surveillance, which wouldn't, which would be much less of an ethical issue, you know. Besides, you know the whole the whole creeping thing if we use them domestically. Then it would be a big issue too, because then the soldiers they'd be like, "Oh, I can't use this drone unless I log in with my Gmail." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I only have I have a Hotmail. <laughs> Do I want to give it permission to read and write my text? Yes. Do I want to give permission? <laughs> Location data, fine. Yeah. Oh, it's updating. Great. <laughs> All right. So thank you for listening to episode 15 of Davis and the Jake Man. We will convene in three weeks' time. Like that. Yeah. Why don't we make it a tri-weekly podcast for the time being? We did three weeks today, and we'll do three weeks in three weeks' time. Yeah, we'll try. Then let's see. That would be Davis's Tech News the 11th of April through the 2nd of May. Be sure to tune in. Oh, this podcast is accompanied by our website, davisandthejakeman.com, where we continue the discussion of subjects of note in the IT industry. That was my snap rendition of Camp Town Races. <laughs>